Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. What is going on everybody? My name is Connor Lawler. Welcome to another week of Movie Mondays. This is the Here's for Hire podcast. We are back again talking all the week's movie news, entertainment news and just generally having a bit of a chit chat about all things to do with film. As always I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Sean Mean. Sean, how's it going? Excellent. Thank you mm. for asking. Mm. Oh, There's no I thought you were saying excellent as in like, what a great intro. Oh, well done. <laughs> Might I say your pronunciation... Of welcome. <laughs> My syntax <laughs> is off the fucking charts, I'll oh, have you know. It's pure synergy at work. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is Movie Monday, Sean, and there are actually some big pieces of news this week. Now, the main news topic we have for the for the end of the show, normally we finish on the main event, that dropped, I would say, maybe 25 minutes after we finished recording last week, which is our pet peeve. Yes, it's, um, it's the curse of this podcast in that we're, the, we're always technically a week behind. <laughs> of all news, no matter when it comes out, we're always a week behind. Um, and so I'm very excited to talk about that. But what we're going to start off with is something, Sean, that I think might interest you. And that uh, I'm is never sure if this is good or not. Pirates of the <gasps> Caribbean. Connor. I fucking yes. love pirates. I know you love pirates. <laughs> <laughs> I'm big into pirates. And if they're from the Caribbean, fucking oh, great stuff. The only place to have pirates. <laughs> pirates anywhere else, bleh. Pirates in the Caribbean, <laughs> yes. Oh, internet pirates. Downvote. <laughs> Downvote, take my data. Fuck off. <laughs> um, well... We have heard many a time in the last few years that there's going to be a Pirates of the Caribbean, there's going to be a new movie. Yes, um, we have indeed. And everyone remembers the greatness that was 2017's Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, They Don't Tell Any Tales, Fuck Off, They're All Said Nothing. Oh, Jez. Uh, well, look, mm. have to say, not my favourite yeah. of the series. I think that was the best one. Uh, well, it's, it's no At World's End, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> Is that the third one? 
Yeah. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> it's notoriously known that I love Pirates of the Caribbean 1, I don't like 2 or 3 or 4 or 5. Um, and so, I don't know how to feel about this, but you love Pirates of the Caribbean until 4, I think. Yeah, and even that one, I think it's it's grand, it's fine. Like, I'll watch it. I think it. you're more forgiving than I am. So... What I have this week is that there is there is going to be a Pirates of the Caribbean movie in regards to the whole Johnny Depp world, but there is also going to be a brand new story told with the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise that has Margot Robbie as the lead. All about it. Give me it a yes. hundred times, please. I will never get tired of that. So Margot Robbie is cast as the lead in the new Pirates of the Caribbean movie, which will be written by the Birds of Prey writer Christina Hudson. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I don't I don't mind that. That's a good pairing. They've worked together. Uh, they have. Now, I can't say some of the writing in Birds of Prey was my favourite writing in a movie. There were some good bits, though. Like, it there was, were. It wasn't a bad movie. No, and I will say, a lot of the conversation, like characters talking to each other, felt very natural. Yes. Um, it, it, I, th- I think my... My gripe with it was the the constant back and forth in the storytelling, like physically time moving back and forth. Oh, like just the structure rather than the dialogue. But the dialogue itself was strong when the characters got together. Yeah, and for like a load of strong personalities getting together, you kind of have to have that. Yeah, Um, and I think that will come into effect here. But what's interesting about this is, as I said, they're already doing another Pirates of the Caribbean thing. I think Pirates of the Caribbean was part of Fox. I might be wrong, or else Universal, I don't know. But um, they are doing another one that doesn't include Johnny Depp, and then does include Johnny Depp, then didn't include Johnny Depp, and it was a whole thing. Was it um, not Disney? Because it was a it was a Disney ride, and they just made oh, a Oh, sorry, it was. It was, no. Yeah, I, I'm being completely idiotic. Yes, it was Disney, but uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean reboot there, that's going to be a separate movie. So this is the exact same situation they did. Do you remember when they were going to do a Jared Leto Joker film alongside with Yakin Phoenix's Joker film, and they were going to do them at the same time parallel to each other but they weren't in any way related so there could be two parts of the Caribbean movies coming out that have nothing to do with each other but but the the ocean's a big place you know well (laughs) how big is the ocean pretty big oh at, at least at least bigger than my house fucking and how big is a movie like two hours I don't know. And so that's a lot. That's a big space. You have to fill. You have to put people in that space. So why not make a hundred of the Margot Robbie? The big, big blue wet thing. As this would be in um, Muppets Treasure Island. <laughs> the, um, like, first of all, like, Margot Robbie's an amazing actress as well. So her in a leading role will automatically sell tickets. I think mm. there's room for just a good pirate movie. You just like a good pirate movie. I, there is rumours that this will also be an all-female-led Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Now, Class. I don't... What do you think of that? I think that's amazing. Like, why yeah. not? That's, that's mean, literally it, stories we've not seen before, so why not do them? It can't be any worse than 2, 3, 4 and 5, Sean. It can be <laughs> equally as good as 1, 2 and 3. I can only assume this movie's going to have Margot Robbie on a big wheel going, oh, no, and rolling backwards for at least 45 minutes. Look, if that's the movie, 
I will watch it. <laughs> Actually, I'd watch that for no reason. I'd be like, Jesus, it's a bold strategy, Cot. Let's see if it plays off. Yeah, it's just, it's, on, on a scale of just, isn't it mad that this got made? <laughs> it's a great <laughs> yeah. movie. It must have taken ages to get her up on top of that big wheel for and days. I'm, now, do you, do you think they'll try and connect the two movies at all or just make them separate entities? No, it's said to be a completely whole reboot. Like, it's own origin tale. Okay. Well, I, like, how do I put this? The first Pirates of the Caribbean was great because it came out of nowhere. Yes, and, then, and that as, is a fucking great movie. Yes. And then, as it, as the series went on... Got worse. It, it's... Yeah, well, yeah, I I enjoyed it very much. I enjoyed the ride, mm. but then it became just okay. Let's do another one of these movies and just milk it for all it's worth. So, and then we had a we had a the the Great Pirates of the Caribbean drought where we haven't gotten a movie in two or three years. Oh, boys, it's been tough. It's, it's been, been. I tough. know you've been at, you've been ringing me every second day saying is there is there news, but finally. <laughs> Finally, there's news, and it's the one <laughs> so day finally, I didn't ring. I know, uh, but yeah, Disney like this is one of their big cash cows. It it's been very reliable as well, which like you can't say about a lot of movies. They get to six, like I know Fast and Furious or whatever. But if you release five movies and every single one of them, other than probably Dead Men Tell No Tales, that underwhelmed in the box office. But everyone before that made a lot of money, and so they're going to keep making it until it makes more money than it costs to make. Yes, and I th- I think d- the only thing that's coming to my mind that I can say is that this could be the Fury Road of Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Oh, that's a good show. That'd be where great. They, where they just take an existing franchise and they just go all in on it and they make it amazing and everyone working on it is proud to work on it. And like massive battle scenes with these two boats in the middle of the ocean... And like cannons and there's fucking sword fights. It's it's fucking amazing. Exactly. And you don't need a lot of like the mystical stuff that they put into the later Pirates movies. Just make it about pirates. You're in one. <laughs> You're in one. <laughs> Captain Barbosa. I know he's pretty good. He's pretty good. He's, he's pretty he's pretty solid. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can understand that. Like and I like Margot Robbie is one of those few there's very few like bona fide movie stars these days. I think like for a while Chris Hemsworth I think is along the same lines where if he's in something like you'll go see it. Tom Cruise had that for a while, but then the mobby came out and he's been kinda going off the boil a little bit. But Margot Robbie is one of those uh, stars that you see in a movie, you go, I, d- I might go see that. I think that could be good. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's. The, it, she's an actor's actor in a lot of ways. And so I think she's perfect to. She's did the exact same thing with Harley Quinn in the regards that, like, in the DC universe, like, she took Suicide Squad or whatever she was in Suicide Squad and went her own way. We've seen in that regard, she will get involved as a producer. She has her own producer, production company. So if she gets involved in this, she's not going to make it bad. Because she's going to be a front and centre, but she's also going to be behind the scenes as well, hiring the right people. She's not going to, like, cheap out, I think. Exactly, and she is putting her name to it. Uh, mm. And we've seen with the Harley, with Harley Quinn, it's very much, it's a very different movie than Suicide Squad. And 
I think it's a better movie than Suicide Squad, and I have oh, to yes. imagine a lot of it is her and her and her company's involvement. And so, Sean, I'm just going to throw a scenario to you here. Um, so you have two movies of Margot Robbie's Pirates of the Caribbean. It does well. Then, in the third film, we have a scene where she has to meet the evil bad guy, and the evil bad guy is one Johnny Depp. Oh no! Oh, We've connected heavens. the two universes. Oh shit! Imagine the trailer. Just imagine it. See, is it a case that they'd both be acting like Jack Sparrow? Yeah, I hope so. I hope they're both going, ooh, and they're just continuously falling. <laughs> uh, I, I hope that doesn't happen, for what No, I think that, I'd watch it. I would well, watch you're not, it. You're not allowed to decide what gets made anymore. <laughs> I don't have my production company. I don't have one set up yet. But it's in the works. I gave a load it's of money a, to that person I'm, who emailed me. It was on the street. I'm hoping for the best. Um... <laughs> <laughs> also, like as I say, Christina Hudson is down to uh, write it. She wrote Birds of Prey, but she also signed on to do the solo Flash movie that we will be talking about later on. And she wrote Bumblebee from a few years ago. So yes. she is clearly one of the hottest writers in Hollywood at the minute. In ter- just in regards to everything she writes is at least, like, it's good. <laughs> so she doesn't have a bad one yet. Yeah, and I think it's, like... The writers go on un, unappreciated um, for a lot of these things, like. But in, at the end of the day, they're the one writing the words that people say. And you if know? her and Margot Robbie have worked together before, she's gonna know what works in regards to like, oh yeah, Margot will deliver this line better in this way. Yeah, like they're already gonna have like a shorthand for how they give notes to each other. I think. Mm. And so yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean. Is going to have its own fun madcap romp, Sean. Well, That's right. We're coming back. Well, I can't wait to set sail. <laughs> set sail on the seven seas with pirates again. Maybe, what if it was just really brutal? Like, it was just Margaret Robbie just butchering people. Mm, and you stealing, tell me like, you wouldn't watch that. Stealing money from towns. Oh, actually, I would. <laughs> well, is she, she on a big wheel? Pirate movie? Oh, big wheel, of course. Yeah, big wheel, yeah. Oh my god, they should call the boat the big wheel in it. But it's got a smaller (laughs) steering wheel than usual. It's called the big wheel and then underneath it, the the sub-headline is and then it just has a a picture of Johnny Depp falling backwards with his arms out. It'll be great. Classic pirate move. (laughs) Hollywood, sign me up. Um, (laughs) We're moving on to our next piece of news and that is Chicken Run Dose, Sean. Yes, Chicken Run 2 is happening at Netflix, and we have our first plot details. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember the year the Chicken Run came out? This is your favourite question. Oh, what oh, year did this movie come like out? Uh, yeah. 1999. Oh, it was 2000? That's the closest oh. I've ever seen you get. <laughs> <laughs> I'm within a year of most things. Normally you're within at least a decade. Um, so they were talking to... Um, 
Peter Lord, who was who directed one the the original. Peter Lord right. and Nick Park directed the original, and um, Lord said that we've discussed it so many times over the years. I come up with various ideas, but never quite found one we loved enough. But it was always in the back of our minds. He went on explaining that every three to four years there would be conversation at Ardman about how to do so. We've got the perfect story now, and the relationship with Netflix is kind of perfect as well because we celebrate the filmmaker and are so filmmaker friendly. We feel mm. now we can make the Chicken Run sequel we want to. The one we really care about. They got paid a lot of money to do this, didn't they? Oh yeah, no, they got paid lots of money. So the plot itself will be Chicken Run 2 will pick up with Ginger, who uh, is the lead character from the first one, uh, who is living in a human-free chicken paradise. Uh, I think anywhere human-free is a paradise. Uh, Hmm. Ginger and Rocky have had a... have had a daughter together named Molly. She begins to grow up quickly and outgrows the island. Meanwhile, rumours begin to surface of a new threat that forces Ginger to rally her troops. Again, they will have to risk their freedom for the good of chicken kind. And they say it will it will be almost a tribute to Mission Impossible with elements of heist and how they're going to pull off this amazing break-in. Wasn't the first chicken run at elements of Mission Impossible? No, they were trying to break out. Of course, yes, it was. Mm. Uh, it was the Shawshank Redemption. It was so. He said, "We've waited years to have the perfect story, and it just was some guy going instead of breaking out. Why don't we break in? Fuck, he's done it. He's done it again. <laughs> he has a picture of a chicken in a cage, and the chicken's outside, and then he just he looks around and is huh. slowly moves it." Reverses the, the arrow. <laughs> the, the, the arrow was going out, and he's like, "Wait, if we just just draws the same arrow underneath and go the other way, fucking hell! Somebody call my agents. I've done it." So, is this like, are they doing this in the claymation style, or is it yeah, some weird Ardman, CGI yeah. thing? Okay, well, no. like here, here's the thing: I like Ardman. I think they're a cool yeah. company. Mm. Um. But a, famous for Wallace and Gromit. Famous for Wallace and Gromit, and the mm. missing link that no one saw. Of course. <laughs> uh, so, I'd like to think it'll be good. I think it's a good fit for Netflix to do the sequel. I don't think a theatrical release would do super well. That's interesting because I think the original Chicken Run was a massive hit. Um, in in just regards cinematically, I think it earned like. I read it earlier on today. It was nearly $250 million at the global box office. I believe it, but I also don't think people had really seen... Stop I motion think, in that regard. Yeah, I, I think it was a surprise hit rather than mm. a guaranteed hit, you know? Like, I think mm. they could have just released Chicken Run and made... I don't know what the budget was, but I'm sure it wasn't massive. Uh, but they could have made 50 or $100 million and they would have been delighted with it. And so, like, if you're bringing out the second one, the big question overall this shot is who's the biggest star in Chicken Run 1? I, who is the biggest star in Chicken who Run 1? Who does the voice of Rocky? Is I don't my question. know, Connor. I was trying to dance around the answer. Hollywood's most famous favourite son, Mel Gibson. Mel so Gibson? Mel Gibson, who in the year 2000... He's he's pretty high up in Hollywood. He's like he's a get. That, is he coming back? Is there, are they bringing back? Mel? <laughs> you look, look I often joke about bringing the, back Mel, but I yeah, never thought. No, 
Are we allowed to bring back Mel? Is it too soon? Do we? Um, do we want to bring back Mel? I don't think we should bring back Mel. I'm going to go on a limb. I don't think Mel is the nicest man. Now I'm not saying he's bad, but I am saying that. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, maybe don't bring back Mel, please. <laughs> Please. I haven't heard a story where he hasn't been racist, so that's all I'm going to say. Just if, and if, and if we're adding up stories. <laughs> he has too many in the negative column and not enough in the pro column. Uh, but Mel will not be returning for <gasps> number two. He will be not reprising his role as Rocky oh, for God. the sequel. They, they specifically stated that. Which, I mean, who do you get in instead? Who could replace the sultry toads of Mr. Gibson? Hmm, who could you get? A hmm. uh, uh, Matthew Broderick, perhaps? Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is a decent one. I just who? know, actually, if you watch Tom Hanks in any animation, you'd be like, Woody? Yeah, that's true. Uh, oh, well, what about the Polar Express, first of all? But second, <laughs> oh, yes, I, I, what's his character? Polar Express, weird looking train man? Train? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think um, that's his IMDB destruction, or description. I think you could get Robert Pattinson to do it. <laughs> you could. Big Pats could come in. I mean, he's very busy at the minute, but he, I'm sure he's around. He's probably in... They're filming in London, aren't they? That's where Ironman's oh, based, yeah. I think. Yeah, I would say so. So, I mean, yeah, he's filming in for the half a day. Yeah, come in for half a day is all it takes in animation, as far as we know. Keep the suit on, you'll be grand. <laughs> just walk in, coffee in hand. Just go, oh no, lads, we're never going to break out. Sip. Oh wait, we've done it. Go home for the day. You're God, done. do you remember you I sounded it. like Mel Gibbs? <laughs> yeah. I don't know who you would get in, but I think it's been so long that nobody can remember how Rocky sounded, so I think you're fine. You could replace it with Stallone fine. and you'd be okay. Stallone. Stallone needs to be in more animated movies just because imagine having to animate his character's mouth that would be oh. <laughs> the, the poor lad's trying to draw it like we've never seen a mouth shaped like this I don't know what he's saying the only thing slightly animated I can think of him being in is when he was in Spy Kids 3 well, I, was he animated in that? no but it was a very CGI heavy movie oh Oh, that's good. And that was 2003 CGI, so that's like peak of CGI. That's like never get better than that yeah, CGI. No, yeah, no, yeah. we're downhill since then. We are downhill since then. I heard um, Avengers, uh, or Captain America Civil War, to do the Tony Stark face, they actually used the CGI from Spice Kids 3. Oh, um, really? They back, really? They went back to that computer, just put, you, put the floppy disk in, like, just powered it back up, let's go. <laughs> What? How, how, how prevalent do you think floppy disks are in Hollywood? I'm pretty for sure. I Once again, when I set up my production company, I'm pretty positive floppy disks are the way of the future. No. And you I, know what, I, Connor? Try your best, okay? Because <laughs> that's all you can do. Me just trying to put the floppy disk into the CD part. Why won't you go in? For fuck's sake. <laughs> Literally yes. trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. <laughs> I can't figure it out. Yeah, so uh, there is going to be a Chicken Run too. I mean, Chicken Run was a favourite in my house. So I'm very excited to see where they go with this. I don't know if you can replicate just the fun of the first one. But I don't think it needs to. You're going to Netflix. They'll pay for anything. 
Exactly, and they'll like heavily market that as well, and it will be at the top of everyone's page when they log in. So mm. it'll be fine. Um, okay, we're moving on to just a smaller story. That is, Sony Animation Head has said to expect more R-rated movies from their animation department, Sean. Now, of course, with everything going on in the world, uh, the cinematic, the cinematic world is kind of taking a hit. People, it's tough to get people together film things so of course Sony's animation department is stepping up and thinking well if we do more animated movies we don't actually have to hire any actors or any lightmen or any best boys and so we'll we'll still hire a couple of best boys just have them there just have them there just stand beside the artists (laughs) what do you want (laughs) Um, but they're now saying like obviously with that going on animated, animated movies could be become more prevalent in, in the next few years and in that regard they won't just be doing PG rated animated movies because of course there's all types of movies so if you do more R rated or PG 13 movies you will get more of the adults coming in to see them and um, of course this is the same studio that made Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse which leads me to ask you the question Sean will we see either a PG 13 or R rated something to do with Spider-Man in the future ooh Interesting. I think Spider-Man is a difficult one because depending on which comics you read, they're either very kid-friendly or very for adults. Mm. Um, so, and so, weirdly, and, I would have said Blade. Like, Blade would have been your best option, but they're already doing him in real life or, like, in live action. Yeah, that's true. And Blade would be an amazing, like, animation because you could do just such fucked up designs for vampires and things like that yeah. Morbius would be another good animated movie um, but see the, I think they've, they've they've kind of put themselves in a corner here because the first Spider-Verse was very accessible for all ages yes like, it was like there's still heavy stuff in that but it's it, it's not you know blood and guts or it's not effing and blinding it, uh, all over the place but like mm. there's there's heavy themes in it but the kids can still enjoy the colours and the fact that it's Spider-Man you know what is Into the Spider-Verse is that PG or PG-13 I, I don't, don't know actually no because there's some there's like death in it so I think that automatically ranks it up uh, yeah maybe Spider-Verse age rating see see Ireland and America are different as well so it's going to be mm. Irish, literally, people could be getting butchered. They'd be like, ah, Jez, let the kids in there now and see that. It'd be fine. <laughs> that's, that's PG. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's PG here. Okay. Um, people are saying it's basically PG-13 because, like, two people die, but there's no blood kind of thing. Yeah, there's, like, weird rules. So, in that regard, if you take that Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse world... You could go all separate ways with more R-rated movies. And if he said this, this is the head of Sony Animation, this to me tells me a lot that they have already decided this is where they're going with like mature, more mature storytelling and more risks because in regards to animated movies, I think people will go see that. People are, especially Into the Spider-Verse, kind of open people's eyes like, oh, animated movies could actually just be movies. Like, they could just be really good. Whereas it's always like, oh, it's Pixar. I'll bring the kids It'd be fine. Exactly. It was always the soft option. Yeah. Um, and, 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 like, DC Animated has been going that for, that, 
doing that for years. Say like um, the Dark Knight Returns or like that Part One, Part Two. They are all rated. Like there's a scene where Joker kills a whole audience of people, and then in or else under the Raid Hood or something like that. Like they are all all rated, but they don't get the same fanfare. And so I think it's very good to change people's mindsets just in terms of cinema because animated movies can be just as good and sometimes even better because you can do things you can't do with live action. Exactly, yeah. And and it could just be that, like, they do, say, Spider-Man, for example. Wouldn't it be cool to see, you know, Spider-Man Noir being the R-rated one? Oh, Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage smashing people's boards. Well, that's that's kick-ass. <laughs> oh, actually, no, you're right. <laughs> Big Daddy. But you could also have, like, Spider-Man 2099 be the more violent one or whatever. You know, like, I think there's... Certainly with Spider-Man, there's enough multiverse shit going on that you can justify anything. And but, do you think that there would be an an audience to go see these if, if they were able to change the mindset of people? I think so, because there's such a large community of people that like animation, like... Th- it, whatever about whatever production company or whatever movie it is some people are just very into animation and the process and what gets made out of that nerds nerds, nerds Sean <laughs> I was talking about me <laughs> yeah I know um, but I think the more content that's out there the more opportunity there is for like artists to to you know do what they want because we're we honed in on like spider-man and the comic book stuff but they could just do independent animated movies for adults and that that's and do you think that would become more prevalent with everything that's going on i think so and i think it kind of future proofs them in a way because if they have enough of those in the pipeline and you just have animators drawn away at home or you know rigging or even people like people have been doing voiceover and ADR and stuff people have been doing that in their house yeah you so, just send them like the the microphone and everything yeah so i think or even if you know if they have to come in for however long it takes half a day in robert pattinson's case but <laughs> he's a very good actor he's, but he's, if they do if they do have to come in, like you could limit the amount of people in the studio. Whereas if you're on the set of a film, there has to be at least twenty people working on lights and sound and sets and all that stuff. Exactly, there's a job to manage people who have a job who have a job. Like, yeah, it's it's animation is much. I think now it's a very it's a production line. Um, like there's a system to it, but I think that system is uh, it's easier to move and relocate than a live action film is and I'm excited to see it I'm I'm, ex- I'm all down for more animated movies animated movies are great like the amount of times I've had the conversation with people where they're like oh what's your favourite they're like oh you like Batman what's your favourite Batman movie and I'm like oh Mask of the Phantasm is pretty great and they're just like I don't know what that is <laughs> I'm like no like and then I tell them say it's an animated movie they're like animated like for kids and I'm like no well, kind of, but not really. Like, yeah. it's an actual, it's just canon. That's the thing. And there's, people think cartoons means kid-friendly. And that's why people always get mad when, you know, when, when animated movies, when 
R-rated, say, animated movies come out, people are like, I accidentally brought my kid to this. <laughs> yeah, type it away. <laughs> now my kid is a serial killer. And it's like, you didn't, ratings exist for a reason. Mm, yeah, you didn't, they, I mean, the movie was called, like, Sir Kill-A-Lot. I mean, maybe don't bring him. Maybe just leave it. Maybe just give it a rest, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just, I thought that was interesting. And I, I hadn't thought about it. But with everything going on, it makes sense that the the cinema world would try and move into something that they can do on a daily basis. Like if sets are locked out or if it costs way too much money to bring in millions. Like you see Jurassic World buying like $200 million worth of hand sanitizer. Instead of doing all that, you do get people to work from home. And you can do that with animation more so than anything else. Um, and so I just thought that was interesting. But I really did that because I was going to annoy you with my next story. And I, thought I wanted to excite you with that story. Because, mm-hmm. Sean, we have new stories here on the show in regards to disaster movies. Oh, no. And we love them. We love disaster movies. Roland Emmerich is our favourite director here. But another one of those classic movies that we love or classic movie tropes, is reboots. Now, what oh, if we rebooted no. a movie that Connor. was a disaster movie... Stop it. <laughs> ...from the 90s, when disaster movies were big? That's right. What? Twister reboot in development with Top off. Gun Maverick director. <laughs> oh, this is awful. <laughs> like, yes. What? What? Like Twister isn't even the best one. No, it's not. It's not even a good one. No, it's it like Volcano's the best one. Oh, that's a good one. That's a real good one. The fucking good one when they're redirecting it with fire truck. Oh, it's mad. Anyway. Oh, when that lady's cooking at the start, she drops the egg. Oh, it's a whole fucking thing. Oh, so good. When the, when they're down in the subway and the dude jumps and he he lands short. Oh, anyway. <laughs> Just, why do we need another twister? Well, this is not just any old twist. This is Universal Studios planning the Twister reboot. And it's going to be great. It's going to be from the director uh, called Joseph Kaczynski. When I read it, I was like, Krasinski? Fucking hell, John Krasinski? No, it's Joseph Kaczynski. Um, And so they are heading into production. Uh, He is doing Top Gun Maverick. And he also did Trod Legacy. And so now he said, Twister's the next one I want to take. Twister was released in the mid-90s and became Warner Brothers' second highest grossing film at the time, would you believe? Um, Which guarantees it will do well now. True. Uh, Executive produced by Steven Spielberg. Uh, The original movie was directed by Dutch cinematographer Jan de Bont, with Helen Hunt and, sadly, Bill Paxton, who passed away recently. Um... But and they star as two storm chasers trying to intercept an F five tornado to conduct research. It's a loose premise, really, isn't it? <laughs> There's a big tornado, and they're like, "Let's run after it." But that's a show now. That's a TV show that people watch on the regular. Yeah, and and also Philip Seymour Hoffman is in, and he's pretty great. Uh, but. Um, I'm pretty if I remember correctly I haven't seen Twister in many a year but they're like gonna get a divorce and then this Twister brings them together if I remember I can't I can't quite place it it's been like nearly probably a 10 years since I've seen Twister yeah like 
And like that movie was old when I watched it. Yeah, it looked old. And so it needs a reboot. Gee, Sean, think about it. It looks old. Let's get somebody in, do a reboot of a movie everyone's craving. Why oh, do God. They, why do they think this will make money? Or is this, <laughs> is this some weird thing that if they don't make this movie, they they lose the license to use Twister as a ride in Universal Studios? But, like, who... Yeah, I was about to say, who would the lead want to lose the rights to? Like... It's hardly going to be like, well, fucking um, Marvel's going to come in and steal Twister. Better fucking buy this up quick. Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't get the logic. I'm sure a study's been done and this will make slightly more than it costs to make, which is always our bar for how bad things happen in movies. And it's got the classic double act of disaster movie from the 90s and reboot, which are two of our least favourite things, but they've combined them together here to make something worse. Independence Day 2 made a lot of money, Sean. I think Did we need though? to do it. I no, think it I, I was think, a, a flop. Uh, no, I think it was a great film. I, I, so I've said Oscar. It was a sneak for the Oscar, but it didn't quite make it. But we have seen many reboots, obviously, for the last few years. Um, there's been The Bobby. Um, there has been Independence Day 2. Um, sorry, that wasn't a reboot. That was a sequel 25 yes. years later. Um, <laughs> the reboots are The Bobby. You got... Uh, Stephen King's It and then of course the hundreds of Disney movies that they're just remaking on the regular um, now no one is saying that it wouldn't be thrilling to relive the terror of the tornado shot nobody's saying that no one would I dare just... say that for fear of death <laughs> and so did you know that the Twister was the second highest grossing film of 1996 I didn't. What was the first highest grossing film in 19? Independence Day. Was it actually? <laughs> yes. Oh Jesus! We were. That's the year I was born, lads. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. It was going to be good. I'm. I'm telling you now, right? It sure. It was the second highest grossing movie of the year, Sean. I mean, it was. I mean, that's a good true. twenty years ago. What? Yeah. What else came out? Like, what was it up against? Um, Independence Day. Uh, okay, what happened in 1996? Um, Tom Hanks, no. Uh, was that, no, that was, Toy Story? No, that was... No, Toy Story was 97. Okay, here's a list. I googled 1996 <laughs> movies, okay? Yeah, but you have to remember, in the 90s, disaster movies were the biggest thing. I, that uh, that might be true, okay? Mm. But it, this, this list drops off a cliff real fucking right. quick. So we have Independence Day. Mission Impossible, oh. Matilda, oh, Scream, yeah, Star Trek: First Contact, okay. The Hunchback of Notre Dame, okay, The Phantom. I'm still there. <laughs> we're climbing back up the cliff with Space Jam. Oh, we're back. We're we're already back. I can't go down from here. Dragonheart. What the fuck oh, is Dragonheart? I don't know what that is. <laughs> Mars Attacks. The Rock. Muppet Treasure Island. <laughs> okay, look, we're, but that clearly ninety six was a great year for cinema. That's well, you had Michael Collins then. Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. Happy Gilmore came out, <laughs> <laughs> and all those movies came out. But Sean, what really made the most money was Twister and Independence Day. So. I think Twister needs a reboot. And I think you need to star... I mean, who do you throw into? Who is the disaster movie duo that you get these days? Um, who do you want? Uh, see, you could... I don't know. 
It's probably going to be like Tom Cruise. <laughs> Tom Cruise. He was ba- he was big back then. It has That's to be the thing. Big- yeah. He th- he think about it. he Mission Impossible came out the same year and this beat it. Oh yeah. So that so means he- Tom Cruise he needs to get some revenge by joining the opposition team. He need, yeah, I think he wants to be like because now if Twister makes any money with him in it, then when people say oh Twister was the highest grossing of nineteen ninety six, people be like oh the one with Tom Cruise, and then he'll stay silent and not correct them. <laughs> Jay- <laughs> you know what? He's crazy enough to do that. But I just, I just read that headline. And I went, I mean, I've heard better ideas. Is what I'll say. I've definitely heard better ideas. Um, I've heard, that's that's another movie from 1996 that's being remade because Space Jam is being remade. True, I think they're just remaking every movie that's ever existed. Well, uh, then I can't wait for. Oh, what Ooh. else is on this list? Oh, here uh, we go. Bloody uh, Michael Collins, number two. Uh, Jerry Maguire, two. Oh fuck! How wait? Tom Cruise, come on. Uh, or D three, the Mighty Ducks. Oh, okay, right. Let's no, let's not slag ninety six again. If it's got D three, <laughs> the Mighty Ducks in it, I'm back in. <laughs> That's all you need. <laughs> but yeah, Twister reboot is happening. Everybody, I know you've been mad on the Twitter. Hashtag release the Twister cut. I know you've been all mad about it. When it's happening, it's happening. It's about time. Um, okay, we're going to move on to our next piece of news, and that is Ted at Sean. I have bad news. I think I know this news. Ted has been delayed. Um, or has it been brought forward? N- no, time it's been travel. delayed. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it's been brought forward if you live, if like it was September. Um, it's been brought back if you live before then, which I'm alive kind of now, so I'm going to work out the maths. Although, if time's a flat circle, we're all living a diet right now, past, present, the future. That's true, so, you you know, do whatever suits you, you know, guys? <laughs> Kill someone, don't worry about it, it's fine. We just say it really quickly. That'll be fine. No, absolutely, it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Tenet has been delayed. The release date for Christopher Nolan's new epic has changed release dates yet again. Well, it was going to be July seventeenth, and then it got pushed back to July thirtieth, which is tomorrow. But now oh. it's it's been, or sorry, not July tomorrow. Uh, yeah, it's July. It got pushed back to July thirtieth. Uh, um, and so that's not tomorrow that's next month I'm, it's tomorrow a is, month from now time is a flat circle as I said and also in in any sort of quarantine or lockdown scenario I feel like this year is flying did you know last week I was like oh we may wait till the summer and someone was like we're in the summer <laughs> oh fuck we, we've reached it Connor <laughs> have we fucking hell um, but yeah it's been pushed back it was pushed back to the 30th and now it's been pushed back to August 12th now Normally we wouldn't cover this because everything's kind of been be, being delayed these days. But Tenet was kind of seen as the flagpole. It was kind of seen as the one that if it moved, it meant every other movie would be pushed back. And so sadly that has happened. Okay. So enjoy enjoy it while we have news, folks. Yes. <laughs> it was, it was, I was looking at it like, Jess, we might actually have news. 
But sadly, no. We're going to have to talk about Twister reboots. <laughs> we'll do Twister on the Lazarus Pit someday. Oh, I'd fucking love to watch Twister. Just to see how bad it is. Let's watch Independence Day 2. Let's watch them all, fuck. Yeah, go what on. What else are we doing? Um, yeah, so how do you feel about Tenet being pushed back? I'm guaranteeing Christopher Nolan is not happy with this. No, this is absolutely not his decision. No. Uh, he's been basically kicking down doors saying we're coming out on, in July and nobody's going to say anything to me. Um, and up until this point, Warner Brothers have kind of listened to him, but now they're kind of like, no, we're going to have to push it back a little more. Because I think a lot of those things that, say a lot of the research we've found, is that people don't want to go to the cinema. No, I certainly wouldn't go to the cinema, I don't think. Uh, but I still don't think, like, Tenet is the movie that would draw me to the cinema. No. that's It's so interesting, but no, not in any way. And I love Christopher Nolan. I mean, he's done many an epic. But I don't think I would watch... I don't think I'd be like, wow, I need to go out this week and risk my life to watch Tenet. <laughs> yeah, and look, I'm all for cinema popcorn. You know that. <laughs> I know that. That's your big thing. It's your chest tattoo. <laughs> it, I, I slowly, I got it kernel by kernel. It was very painful. Very painful. But I, like, I just think it, it's going to come out and it's going to come out. They'll all come out eventually. Hmm. It's just a question of how much money Hollywood loses before it comes out. It's already lost like thirty billion dollars. I mean, what's another billion? What's not make more animation? Make Tenet animated. Oh, you know what? That and Pattinson's already there, so it only takes him half a day. Fucking, he's he'll do, <laughs> give him three quarters of a day. He'll do some bone. He'll do an after credit scene for <laughs> he'll, you. He'll do the DVD specials as well. He'll fucking nail <laughs> this. Um, I like how we're talking like animation. The thing that takes the most is the voice talk. It's not. It's not the fucking drawing of every single person. <laughs> um, Look, yeah so Tenet has been pushed back which will in fact affect Mulan it'll affect basically any movie that was hoping to come out in July yeah and and probably have a knock on effect for the rest of the year right yeah probably will so uh, keep that in mind uh, for the future because Tenet is he, Tenet is the thing that we're looking to to be like, if that comes out, I think there'll be more movies coming out. But if this keeps getting pushed back, we'll see what happens. Um, and so we move on to our final story of the week, Sean. Um, it's the news that really pumped me up and made me very happy last week, but also a bit wary. And that is Michael Keaton is in talks to reappear as Batman in The Flash movie. Sean, I know you have thoughts. I do Please. have thoughts. Proceed. Well, Connor, I only have one question. <laughs> okay. You want to get nuts? <laughs> Come on. Let's get he doesn't. He doesn't ask it like that. <laughs> he's, t- he's like, oh yes, how are you? You want to get nuts? Yes, I have. And it's he just out of nowhere. It's out of nowhere. Um, yes, Michael Keaton is coming back as Bruce Wayne as Batman in now. The the main thing that really, like, there should be an asterisk is the fact that it's in the Flash movie, which means it might never happen. Or it could happen. The Flash movie's been pushed back and rechanged so many times, we don't know at this stage. 
Yes, yeah, but I feel like now there's been nothing but time to write it. But also, I think that. (laughs) Adrian's been working away! I think that Keaton being announced might have got this movie some good faith. I think people are like, will be interested in it now. And he's definitely only in it for about 70 seconds. Oh, absolutely. Like, he's not. He doesn't save the day. By all accounts, he's going to be this, like. The Bruce Wayne we see in Batman Beyond, who's just an old man. Please, we're going to move on to that very soon. But um, I I think, yeah, literally it's going to be... Edra Miller is probably going to be like doing his weird run and running through time and accidentally run too far into the future and be in the Batcave. And Michael Keaton will be there like, who the hell are you? And then he'll be like, oh, sorry, wrong timeline, and then run back. Yeah, it's going to be like when Ezra Miller showed up on the Flash TV show. Did, did he show up? Oh, he did. Yeah, you you forgot, didn't you? <laughs> I, f- I forgot. It was a blink and you miss it. To be fair, that's very alive with the Flash. It's, it's true. This is essentially and, a cameo. And, and Michael Keaton has been, like, killing it recently. He's been gone all back in on the superhero genre. Like, he and did he, Everything and, he's and, been in has been fantastic. He did, of course, uh, beat a vulture in Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, but he was also bird, in Birdman as well, and he's he was in the Nice Guys or the other guys, not the Nice Guys. Um, and he's amazing in all three of them. He's having like a complete resurgence in the last few years, and he's very, very good. He's like he's still a great actor. My my favorite scene in all Spider-Man movies involves him in that car going to the dance or whatever it is. Good old know, Spider-Man. Yeah, good old Spider-Man, and all the lights are changing. Like that scene, where I was just like, "Fucking hell, this guy is absolutely killing it. He is amazing." Yeah, so I think, like, I think he'll be good in the movie. It's just a question of how good the movie is. And this, uh, the story itself, is just like he's going to be in it. So what can you say about that? But there's been lots of theories and rumors regarding that, and that is, uh, we're going to go. One is that. They could set up Michael Keaton's Batman Beyond, as you stated, which is something I'm very, very interested in. Um, Michael Keaton's return as the Batman in The Flash sets up the idea that there is an older Bruce Wayne somewhere in some sort of timeline, in some sort of multiverse, which would introduce the fact that you could have a younger Batman in a Batman Beyond situation, one Terry McGuinness, and that is something that very much excites me. Yeah, and I think you could possibly what you could possibly do is that you see Michael Keaton as an old Batman, and he's on his own. I don't think there's a Terry McGuinness at that point. No, but it would be a good introduction. Yes, because then he helps the Flash somehow. You know, give him five to ten minutes of screen time, and he helps the Flash realizes he can still do good, and then. Like, you hear alarm, and after credits, alarms go off in the back cave. And it's Terry McGinnis. He's there. And and it's funny because, like, the way I would do a Batman Beyond movie, or an origin story in Batman Beyond, is to just copy the first two episodes of Batman Beyond, the animated show. Because I think that is a great origin in regards that you have Batman and he's getting older and he develops this suit to try and help to counteract the fact, of course, he's in his, like, I think he's around 50, say, and he makes this suit that makes him stronger and faster and is more technologically advanced, and then he retires because he 
starts having a heart attack. He's fighting off these tugs. He has a heart attack. And he picks up a gun in his last ditch attempt to try and stay alive. And then he just looks at the gun after he defeats them. He's just like, never again. I'm too old. Yeah. Like, it's all there. But they also run the risk of completely ruining it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, I, this is why I said I'm so excited if it is a Battle Beyond take. But it's DC. And it's these DCEU blue filter, red filter kind of situation. I want to see what they do with them first before I get any of my hopes up. Even if there's just like... Like, I, I know it's... it's uh, it's cliche to bring in Marvel when you're talking about DC, but just in a, a technique that they use, just in those after credit scenes, where you just get 10 seconds of something, and there's it could be anything. If you just have Michael Keaton in the Batcave, and he just looks into the all the suits, and the Batman Beyond suit is sitting there, he doesn't have to say anything. Like That is as good, as, that is go, as, good a sale as you're going to get. Yeah, that's all... That's, anyone would be delighted with that, and... It would drum up so much hype as well because you'd get all the you know the thumbnails with red arrows being like, "What did this mean?" <laughs> yeah. Big yellow circle, red arrow. So I, th- I, th- I, th- I absolutely am behind this. I think it would be great, and I think Keaton is the man for it of all the previous Batman's. They are saying that if they can't get Keaton, they will get Bale. That or they will go after Bale. What do you what do you think about Bale instead, or is he just too young? I think Bale. I think he's too young, but I also think he's too recent in everyone's minds because everyone still remembers, you know, the Nolan trilogy as yeah. being a very good Batman trilogy. He's a lot of people's Batman, you know. But Keaton like has been replaced twice as Batman at this three times as Batman at this point. Actually, wait, no, five times. <laughs> so you've five got, Fuck yeah, yeah, well, you've got you've got Keaton, Kilmer, Clooney, forgot Kilmer, forgot Kilmer, 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 Clooney, Bale, then Ben Affleck, then Pattinson. Do you know I forgot Ben Affleck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's been five changes from Keaton. So you could do with that. They're all separate universes, which I guess kind of works. Some things are slightly tied together. But it's a multiverse take. Like it's gonna, it's going to. You can do anything you want. It's kind of you can pick and choose whatever timeline you want to go into, and that's the good thing about the Flash. In that, because this Flash, if we're saying he's only learning about this power and he's just running through time, he doesn't know where he's going to end up. So they could just do some massive like Easter eggs in all the timelines. Oh yeah, like he could he could meet Will Arnett Batman. Yeah, <laughs> but it's actually just Will Arnett. Yeah, who who would also be a good, uh, Bruce like, older Bruce Wayne, I think. Yeah. But I I'm I'm very interested in this. I think it's a good call. Um, and then the other theory in regards to Batman Beyond, who I I love Batman Beyond, so I'm all in on this. Um, is the fact that they could use Keaton as. As Batman in multiple DC movies. This is something that has been thrown around. According to a new report, Michael Keaton is not only being eyed to star alongside Ezra Miller in The Flash, but the actor is also possibly on deck to star in several DC film projects. It is likened to the way that Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury appears in multiple Marvel Cinematic Universe entries, in that Keaton will be their Samuel L. Jackson. 
Wow. Yes. That's cool. I enjoy that. I don't <laughs> know how the fuck a... it's going to work. <laughs> no, logically makes no fucking sense. But hey. But could be cool. And I think if they do bring him back, like, there could be a scene where Keaton is talking to Pattinson. Oh my god, yeah. Like, I, it's just, it, it open, it's so... This hasn't been done in comic book movies yet. Other than Avengers Endgame, with timelines and stuff, but they kind of mix it up, they're like, oh, when we put everything back, it'll all go back to the same way it was. But yeah, like, like, in, in terms of DC, not so much. Yeah, but but also just like... What... This is something that is... It's source material, yeah. But it's also very much... Like, Batman Beyond is its own thing. And they would be adapting Batman Beyond, essentially. Whereas the mo- like the Marvel movies are kind of... They're their own thing at this point. Like, they'll draw from comic books, but... Mm. Largely, they have their own rules and their own backstories now. But... This would be so interesting. And to bring back the first, you know, actor who played Batman. Who is a lot of people's first Batman. Like, that, that Batman came out in 89 or whatever. That is the Batman people think of. Now, Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan for probably more of our generation. But for the generation before, this is Batman. Yeah, and I also think that, you know, 10 or 20 years ago, if they were trying to do this... Imagine Adam West being this grizzled old miserable Bruce Wayne. Oh yeah, that'd be so good. Again, because be Bruce cool. Wayne is a grizzled fucking dickhead anyway. So imagine him old, <laughs> old and alone, and everyone is uh, old dead and alone, and, he ca- and he's not allowed to punch people anymore. Yeah, he's not allowing himself to punch people anymore. Yeah, and so. Like, I think Keaton would be so fucking perfectly cast in that regard. And, as I said, you could have the cool scene where you have a Batman from a different universe, or a different multiverse or whatever, coming in and talking to Pattinson's Batman and kind of giving him tips from a separate universe. So, like, that would explain why they don't look alike. They're from separate multiverses, separate timelines. It's a whole thing. It doesn't have to be the same person. It doesn't have to just look like young Michael Keaton. Yeah, and and I don't think it should either. I think if you're doing different worlds, different timelines, lean into it. Fuck it. Go go all in. Go go all out. What do you think of Keaton as the linchpin for the DCEU? I mean, if you had to pick one, why not? And he puts the team together in some sort of Nick Fury kind of way. I I think he'd stay out of a lot of things, but he just he'd. He'd do what he'd, he'd be Batman about it. He'd do what needed to be done and be distant from everyone. I ju- I just think this is fucking great. I think it's a great it's a great idea that hasn't been thought of before. And I personally never thought they would have had the balls to do it. Like they said, oh, we're going into the multiverse. But I was like, they're not gonna have Michael Keaton or any of the other Batman. Like they're hardly gonna bring back George Clooney for for a show or yeah. for like a movie. You could do that, but I just think. I always thought they would never do it, just in re- just in how you would structure that. But the fact that they have shows me that maybe they are serious about this Flash movie and that it's been fucked around the place many a time, but it is said to be coming out in 2022 now. And that is down, and Ezra Miller is down to do it. Even though we might not like Ezra Miller, maybe it's going to be a bad movie, but 
even if it's a bad movie, if it has one good scene with Michael Keaton, it could set up a Batman Beyond film that could actually be good. Yeah, and I I, per- I totally think use this as the setup and just see how it's received. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's it for Movie Mondays this week, Sean. If you want to take us out. Yes, thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Movie Mondays. We'll be back on Wednesday with Weird News Wednesday, Friday with Hero or Zero, and next Monday with another episode of Movie Mondays. Big thank you to all of our patrons who support us over on Patreon. Uh, we, that includes Alexander Williams, Kira Lawler, David Clark, Ed Ball, Joe Burney, Ray Ging, Roisin Halley, and Ryan Evanson. Thank you all so, so much for your continued support. You are all brilliant people. and Absolute ledge bags. And Connor will high five all of you. Well, I mean, oh, okay. Not <laughs> of all the things to pick. <laughs> oh god! Oh, I've gotten confused. Connor will rub his face on your face if you want. Wouldn't you like that, listeners? Wouldn't you like it, huh? Don't call the police. What are you doing? <laughs> but yeah, if you want to support the show, there is a link to our Patreon there, or it's patreoncom your podcast. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or you can email us here. Uh, here's Friar underscore at Outlook.com if you have any questions or queries but I think that's about it Connor I think that's it Sean so I've been Connor Lawler I've been Sean May. and we'll see you next week guys bye bye hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter that's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.